I'm strapped up. Nothing. What was that about? Let's make the fight happen. We strapped the fuck up. Welcome to episode 158 of the Strategism Podcast. I'm your boy Cam. I'm your boy Flows. And as as always, guys, you know we're drawn by now. Please head over to Strategism Pod or Strategism Podcast. That's our Instagram and Twitter pages. And the link in the bio of those pages there will take you to where we're situated at streaming wise. So if it's Spotify you prefer, such as the audio stuff, it's there. And also the YouTube link is also there as well if you fancy the visuals. Um, Flows, how have you been? Good. Yeah, I'm good, bro. Yeah, you good? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm eager to talk, to talk some boxing. There's one thing yeah. on the agenda for this week, uh, as you know, flows. Um, Eubank Junior, Liam Smith, two. Repeat or revenge? I think it was kind of billed as, and um, I guess from the off flows, I felt it will be revenge. I think you said it will be repeat. <laughs> but there wasn't much in it really wasn't much to go off really it was just stuff just maybe what you felt that I think you said something about you you know Liam Smith you kind of know what he would do or what Liam Smith will turn up whereas Eubank Jr who knows what Eubank Jr will turn up right yeah. Um, but I must say Flores watching that performance from both fighters this was a beatdown <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to say to put it bluntly I feel like Eubank Jr. did what he should have done in that first fight, but he was able to pull it together in the second fight. And I'll be so real with you, Flores. I, I've got nothing against Liam Smith. I don't really go in on him like that, Flores. I've got no, there's no agenda there towards Liam Smith. What I'm about to say is, <laughs> for me, I felt Liam Smith just turned up and just turned up to, was happy to be a punching bag all night. I'll be so real, Flores. That performance there from him, yeah. it, was give, it was given punching bag. And again, I don't want to be harsh, but it flows. It was Eubank Jr. won every single round comfortably. Every single round. It was it, it was like it looked like Liam Smith didn't even belong in there with him. And I don't know what happened. Obviously, we'll probably get into it a bit later, but it was super, super easy for Eubank Jr. Um Liam Smith couldn't get past the jab. And listen, when I say that. It was simple and easy, and he was like a punching bag. Flows. I'm seeing Liam Smith walk forward, stand in front of Eubank, no head movement, no footwork, guard up, just there, waiting and waiting and waiting, and belly throwing. So, of course, Eubank is going to be happy to oblige him and just tee off, which is exactly what he was doing from round one to, I think it ended in round nine or ten, Flows. I think it was ten. I think ten ten rounds when it finally ended. Eubank Jr. wasn't in trouble at all. All fight, it was so, so simple, so, so easy for him. And, um, yeah, you kind of question as to why this didn't happen the first time around. And to be honest, Flores, as we both said, in that first fight, Eubank Jr. was winning. He looked like the guy that was, you know, in the ascendancy. He had a really good round. And Eubank Jr. just did what Eubank Jr. normally does. And he got sloppy, he got lazy, and he got caught. Uh, he invited pressure onto himself and then got hit. And it, it was fatal for him that night. But um, yeah, Eubank Jr., this this time around, 
He made sure he made no no mistakes, flows. It was an easy night's work from what he looked like to me. Honestly, very, very easy. Like Liam Smith, <laughs> again, I, I'm trying not to go in on him, flows because I've got no beef with him, but that performance yeah. was shameful to me, bro. <laughs> it was shameful yeah. to me. Like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting, it's a funny one. Um, you got a spot on last week. Um, I think Bo Mack's influence was clear to see. Um, Few Mac because he was focused. He done what he should have done the first fight. He, he right. done what he's capable of doing. Yeah, at the simplest level, yeah. um, he looked fluid. He controlled the distance well. He didn't get sloppy with his hands down and shook yeah. <laughs> and get lax. Yeah, he stayed focused. He he closed the distance when he needed to. He stepped back when he needed to. Clinched when he needed to. Jab was firing all night. All night had his hands up. And then when the combinations, when it was time to let go of the combinations, he was letting them go. So um, he done what he needed to. Leo Smith, on the other hand, I didn't recognise that Leo Smith personally. I suppose I agree with you. That was not the Leo Smith that we saw yeah. in the first fight or that we've seen his entire career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Look tentative, didn't throw, didn't even look aggressive in the slightest. That was, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, weighted... Now, obviously, I don't know if you've seen the talks of injuries. Um, there was a round where he rolled both his ankles. Both his ankles, yeah. 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 Um, I think. But Flores, he, he, that, that, that wasn't like, I looked because obviously I watched it. That was in round like six or seven. Yeah. What, what about the previous from, rounds? Yeah, exactly. That's what I want to yeah. say. Um, even he didn't want to use that as an excuse. I think people yeah. find an excuse for him. But. Um, I thought something must have gone wrong. He, the fight was postponed because of an injury he had. Yes. I believe. Yeah. So who knows? He didn't want to give too much away. He talks about a, a weight cut. And that, even... <laughs> that one there as well, Flores, was funny to you. I said, what, what do you mean weight cut? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to put a finger on, but mm. it's fair to say the Chris Eubank Jr. we expect, we should be seeing is what turned up. And the yeah. Liam Smith that we've previously seen didn't turn up. So, yeah, like you say, it just culminated in a beatdown. From yeah. pretty much, well, Eubank was really one round, one round two, or round three. The beatdown started and it continued yeah. till round ten. Yeah, it started in round three when he hurt, and in round four he's dropped him for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because from like round four to four, five, and six were rounds where Eubank really had this guy hurt and Eubank was just teeing off all round, all those three rounds and just yeah. not able to find the finishing touch. But it, like I said, it was a beatdown for those. I mean, I think we saw the final punch stats. It was like 100, in terms of punches landed or something, Eubank was about 193 odd or something like that and Liam Smith was 33. So, so heavily skewed. I mean, that you see those punch stats, that, that just screams beatdown. That just seems, that just screams punch bag and teeing off. Um, and yeah, I mean, when it comes to like obviously of flows that Liam Smith that we saw, I mean, like I said, I said from day that for me, Eubank should always have the beating of Liam Smith because he's got more tools in his locker, fresher, stronger, bigger, faster, you know, more more athletic, all that kind of stuff. And as we know, the only thing that does tend to hold Eubank Junior back is his own brain and ego. <laughs> I'll probably say. That's what you tend to hold him back. But just on a general day, Liam Smith is a solid operator, but really and truly Eubank does have more tools in his locker. And it's good that he was able to rectify it. Um, and I wanted to 
I had a, obviously I had a question for us because I wasn't too sure originally, but to be honest, I've come to a conclusion now that it it, it is Bomac's influence because I was going to ask you first how much do you attribute to Bomac compared to let's compare it to obviously Roy Jones who was Eubank's trainer for the last couple of fights, mm. but stylistically I think you can see straight away um, because unfortunately I feel like when when he's with Roy Jones flows. He tries to be like a mini Roy Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In terms of the pot shotting, the throw, not let's say throwing combinations all the time, one shot at a time sometimes until you have your opponent hurt, for example. The yeah. hands down, the re, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And remember what we said, Flores, when Eubank first got with Roy Jones, what did we say? We saw the first fight. I think, we knew, I don't even remember Flores, but remember I said straight away, like, yo, Roy, don't make try and make this guy into like a younger version of you. We don't want to see that. We're not here for that and it's not going to work. You need to like step away because he was trying to do the whole Roy Jones esque stuff. And yeah. he said that 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 is not gonna help you guys flourish together. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think it was right in yeah, I would attribute something to Bowman in terms of because Eubank was focused throughout. And you know, we mentioned how you mentioned it last week, Flows, you feel like Eubank is someone who doesn't listen really in this corner. And Bowman might find that out quickly that this is a guy that don't listen. So I think it was good to see that this guy was focused throughout. He didn't take the piss because he does take his points taking the piss, especially when he gets big leads. Remember, obviously, when he got the big lead against Liam Williams, he started he started messing around. He didn't do that once with this fight. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the fact that he, again, he was just wary that, you know, this guy did hurt, hurt me before. Who knows? Or that was Bomac, you know, drilling that into him. But I wanted to attribute to Bomac. I think Bomac, obviously, we know he's had a hell of a year. Probably probably going to get trained over a year. Um. I think that he's definitely helped you back in that regard. And to be fair, Flores, I think it's worth, you know, saying that, you know, it's good to maybe we might, we might want to see them again together. Um, you know, hopefully this isn't just a one-time thing. And let's see how Eubank develops under Boymac. It'd be interesting to see. But um, yeah, what were your thoughts though, Flores, in terms of Boymac as a trainer, in terms of his influence compared to Roy Jones? Yeah. Um, I don't think Roy Jones has an extensive coaching career he doesn't coach many people yeah um like you say where we saw Chris Eubank Jr. and Roy Jones he was hands down trying to use the upper body reflexes trying to be a bit showboaty and I always say there's two people you don't try and emulate well there's a few people you don't try and emulate and it's usually <laughs> the greats it's the Roy well, Jones the, is the main, the main two in the main yeah 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 100 <laughs> you don't you don't try to emulate them because yeah. what they do is them don't try a copy. Don't try this at home. <laughs> it's, it's, um, I think Bomac's influence was clear to see in terms of um, Junior's focus. Yeah. It's Eubank Junior's focus. Um, yeah. Boxing how you should box in terms of hit and not get hit. Land efficiently. Use the jab. Work off the jab. Be dangerous um, when you see them hurt. And I, I will point to the... Terence Crawford performance. I think watching that is inspiring, seeing what he done to Spence. I mm. knowing the mastermind behind that. Uh, obviously, Terence Crawford's a genius himself, but, yeah. you know, but Bo, Bo Max in his corner. Yeah. So you, you have instant respect for his body of work in terms of mm. what Bo Max can produce in a, in a fighter. Yeah. So off the back of that performance, I think that kind of made... Because you, back, you yeah, I need to listen. <laughs> I need, I need to be. I need to listen. Let me take to him focus. seriously. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me try and be. I, if if he produces in Crawford, let's see what he can do with me. Kind of yeah. thing. Or 
let me try and emulate Crawford in that sense and listen to this guy and, and follow the steps and learn from these guys who are masterminds and implement that in my performance. So I think it all culminated in one of the best junior performances we've seen, Agreed. In, at least in a long time. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's good that he ran to Bomac. Um, Everyone's going to run to Bomac now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think the influence is there. And he certainly did listen. Even his dad has said he doesn't listen in the past. This is someone who's not had a coach in his corner for years. But I think maybe he's matured now. He's, what, 33 now? Yes, yes. He knows better. (laughs) Finally. And, yeah, as you said, obviously, he he was teeing off on Smith all night. And he's eventually finally gotten to him um, in the ninth round. after hurting him many times, just not being able to get him out of there, he dropped him again in the, in the no, yeah, I think he got him, dropped him again in the ninth or tenth. Smith was able to beat the count, and then he started teaming off again, and the referee jumped in and saved Smith. Um, some people felt that some people first felt that the referee stoppage was premature, and the referee jumped in too early. Um, for Smith, even though he wasn't necessarily throwing back, he was sort of rocking and rolling with the punches and moving along the ropes. But I felt like there was actually a portion, I think in round five, where I thought it could have actually been stopped when the ref, when he was really getting battered and the referee never jumped in. And I almost felt like the ref kind of remembered that moment and thought, I really kind of, I really should have stopped you earlier, but, you know, I gave you a bit of grace. But this time, yeah, no, I'm sorry, let me just jump in real quick. So that being said, I don't really have any two complaints. I don't really have complaints on the stoppage, to be honest, because he was starting to get teed up on and he wasn't really throwing back, even though he was still moving and still live in there. Um, he wasn't offering anything all fight anyways, Flo, so why yeah. not? <laughs> he wasn't literally, yeah, yeah, he literally I'm, wasn't offering anything. Yeah. He'd been taking a beating for 10 rounds or so. Um, yeah. I think at the point of the stoppage, he he weren't throwing, he, like you say, he was rocking and rolling, but yeah. his eye was cut, he'd been down twice. Yeah. Um, it was twice or three times. He had been, yeah. Twice. He'd been down, yeah, twice. Yeah. Um, wasn't throwing, wasn't in the fight, was down on the cards, getting beaten yeah. badly. I think, yeah, the referee saved him in the sense like, okay, we've seen enough kind of thing. Yeah. You could argue with the stoppage, but he just wasn't in it. He just wasn't in the fight. He was yeah. throwing. There wasn't even a, a puncher's chance at this point, really. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, he never said never, but yeah, really and truly yeah. enough, it, what they actually was he literally wasn't, yeah. I don't see how we could have actually like landed anything or whatever because he was literally just standing in front of him and just hands up, not throwing, not jabbing, not doing anything. Really, really off performance, off night for him. Um, but yeah, hats off to you back for doing that and pulling it together. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure because obviously, you know, we said if we lose to Liam Smith twice in a row, you have no business calling out certain names or, you know, you might have to rethink your career full stop. But it's interesting, Flo, we've gone this far praising you back. Listeners, I hope you didn't think that <laughs> we'll escape without giving you back some sort of flack. Because Flores, I, I got some, I got some flack to send his way. I can't lie, Flores. Okay. Um, so, obviously, afterwards now, okay, interviews. Yeah. He's, you know, he said, you know, they never bore in terms of who do you want to fight next, blah blah. Flores, obviously, I'm there thinking, okay, you man, let's hear you say the correct names. So tell me, why right from the jump, Flores, why has this man gone to say, "Kill Brook, I'm coming for you," on the bed, I'm coming for you. Why have you gone to call out a retired fighter? who operates, when he was fight, fighting, he operates at 147, 
So that's two weight classes below you. And you've gone to try and reignite the Conor Ben thing, who is also two weight classes below you. So I'm there thinking, yeah, this guy's not serious. This guy's not serious. Instead of him to name the champions, he's gone to call out these two guys. Cool. He's then said, obviously, mentioned Triple G afterwards. And that's when I'm thinking, okay, fair enough, cool. I really think you should be mentioning Triple G first. But, okay, cool, you're going to mention... Uh, you you mentioned the other two guys first. I'm not too happy about that, but at least you mentioned Triple G in the end. That's kind of what I expected, the champions, right, Flows? Yeah. But Flows, it's then dawned upon me. I said, hang on here. <laughs> Triple G's not even a champion. Vacated. In this 2023, Triple G is not a champion. I, I actually went to check as well. I, I, I went, hang on, I swear Triple G's I remember. not a champion. Bro, I've gone to see it. I've seen Triple G has, because um, he... Eubank said, Triple G, where are you? You've held onto those belts far too long. So that's when okay. I was on the hands. I said, yeah, Triple G, finally, blah, blah. Then, I, then, then the light bulb went up. I went, hang on, what belts? Triple G isn't a champion. So it flows. <laughs> He's gone and called out three non-champions, which to me says again, Chris Eubank Jr. is not serious about this team, Flows. I'm not surprised. It doesn't surprise no. me because, because we followed this guy for his entire career. But the fact to me, Flores, is damning. The fact that you've called out Conor Ben, Kell Brook, and Triple G. So two waterweights, one's retired, by the way, and someone that's not even a champion, says it all to me, Flores. I'm so sorry. He ain't serious, man. He's not about it. He just cares about the, the money fights. He doesn't really care about the belts. He's not interested in becoming champion, if you, if you ask me. If not, you would have called out Charlo. You would have called out um, the other Kazakh guy that's champion. Is it Beck Timir? I can't yeah. remember his name. Yeah. Janibek, yeah. Yeah, Janibek, yes. Janibek. Um, you would have called out there's two other guys. I can't remember their names, but yeah. But the point is he never mentioned the champions once. So to me, Flows, Chris Eubank Jr. is still isn't that serious about becoming champion or fighting for championships. He's looking for the money grabs. That's it, really. He might yeah. as well have called out Jake Paul, as far as I'm concerned. So that's that's the flack I want to send his way, Flows. He's still the same guy. <laughs> It's true. It's crazy. And I don't know how they're trying to slang this kind of Ben thing still. They're trying to slang Kel Brook, who's retired, long retired. He had most fought, uh, to be fair, he did fight 160 and he went right back down to where he should fight. <laughs> um, Kel Brook, he has no business in that way. He's fought 154. We've seen that. But you're a 160. There's champions in your division that you said you had aspirations for. So yeah, look, we know the drill. Yeah. He's after money fights, and that yeah. and that's simply it. Um, <laughs> simply, he, he's at the end of his career. He, he, yeah. So yeah, be just be honest. Be, yeah. be honest with that. So all the pretending. Look, if you fight Conor Ben, I have no interest in that. Kelbrook, no interest. Triple G, okay. Battle of the Washed, we can see that. <laughs> we can see that. But even because Triple G is not serious about belts either. Yeah, he isn't. Triple G's Triple G's pretty much semi-retired, to be honest, if you ask me. He's near the end of his career as well. Let's be real. He's 41. He just vacated all those belts to try and challenge Canelo for one last time. Triple G, yeah, he's not... Yeah. He's on his way out, Triple G. He really is on his way out. So, yeah. I did want to ask you, Mm -hmm. um, this week, we saw Chris Eubank Jr. make a post about testing. Yeah. 
that he's yeah. been tested and he tagged a few names who've been busted by Vada. Um, Vada <laughs> tested. So yeah. he added them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in light of that post by him, it turns out there was no Vada testing for this fight at all. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even know that. I, I didn't even know that came up. Wow. Okay. I actually <laughs> yeah, realized uh, that. Oh. There was, there was no Vada testing. It was all, only you, Cad. So, so what, why he's... So what, what is he doing then? This guy... Show himself yeah, for the foot. This, this guy's some clout demon, man. What the hell is that then? <laughs> That's poor. He's doing... There's no Vada testing for this fight. Wait, so um, did Vada come out and say, yo, we didn't... We didn't Because I don't... Because you know Vada be dropping the list in terms yeah. of... They be saying... So did Vada come out and say, yo, we didn't... We didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't approve he, this one. Vada usually talk about who's involved to the fight. Yeah. In in the fight week, a bunch of um, journalists have questioned Ben Shalom whether there's Vada testing or not. Interesting. They've asked um, Eubank Juniors and Liam Swift's coaches if there's... Um, Liam Swift's coaches... And he came out and said, no, there's no Vada testing. Interesting. And Ben Shalom danced around the answer after criticising Matchroom <laughs> for test and whatnot. And Matchroom have always said, look, we're the only ones who make sure all our fighters do Vada testing pretty much. So Eubank Jr. opened a can of worms by sending for fighters. Because remember, Conor Ben passed all his UCAT testing. Yeah. <laughs> he passed all of it. So he... he but you, there was no Vada testing for this fight. And we've oh, spoken yeah, yeah. before, I guess, that yeah. everyone should be doing Vada testing. We need to start yeah. drawing out these fighters mm-hmm. who don't do it. So, yeah, I wanted your take. Your t- obviously, as so you bank, you, so you bank, you do Yes, I didn't even clock that. That it was confirmed that he, um, yeah, he wasn't even enrolled. He didn't do it for this fight. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't failed a test, so I can't, <laughs> can't cook him for that. But yeah, it, that, that that's a very dumb move for to do that. And obviously, he didn't. I guess he didn't plan the information being released. Um, yeah, stupid, stupid move to do that to draw these people out when you yourself weren't doing it for your fight and to imply that you was Vada testing for this fight. Yeah, he's an idiot for that. But we know Chris Cuban Jr. is an idiot. <laughs> I don't rate that. <laughs> I don't if he was actually, if it was a Vada approved fight in terms of they test him for this fight and he passed it and whatnot and he's drawn the rest out, I rate that. But to find out now that he wasn't even Vada testing for this fight is shocking, man. He's done it all for Cloud then, which is what, again, doesn't surprise me. That's what Chris Eubank Jr. does. He does stuff for engagement, does stuff for Cloud. He does it to boost his profile. But, um, yeah, he ain't going to fool me. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. yeah. That's poor. It's interesting. That's poor. Yep. Very poor. Um, yeah. I think we said everyone should be doing Vada testing at this point. Yeah, um, because it'll be interesting to see how many of these fighters pop from Vada. Yeah, but yeah, um, if you ain't doing Vada, just keep your mouth shut. This is all I can yeah. say. Yeah, promoters, fighters, if you're not enrolled in Vada, don't try to draw out people. And um, yeah, Ben Shalom as well, man. He he tried to draw out, but yeah, he's he, he's another one that <laughs> he's been taking a couple of L's recently. I can't lie, Ben. <laughs> he's just taking. It. Even take a couple L's still. Um, yeah, they should do it as well. I think, yeah, as we said, all all promoters should should employ Vada. They seem to be the best and the most credible. I like how they again they've released the fighters that are part of the program and whatnot, and they drop who's mm-hmm. passing and whatnot. I think it's really good. It's gonna make the sport more credible and just you know, it'll be less disrepute, you know, overall. So hopefully other organizations jump on it. Queensbury jump on. Boxer jump on, 
And um, yeah, we want a cleaner sport <laughs> overall. Yeah, so yeah. Perfect. But um, yeah, Chris Eubank Jr. will be Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah, again, 33 now, only fought for a world title once. Highly doubtful that we're ever going to be discussing him in a world title fight. I'll be surprised at this point. But um, yeah, if it's money you want to go get, as you said, flows, don't try and con the public and try and, you know, pretend that you're about these big title fights when your actions show that you're clearly not. But nice win, you know, Liam Smith. Again, you should be putting Liam Smith away. We don't need to see a rubber match either flows because, <laughs> I mean, as you said, it wasn't a the usual Liam Smith that we're used to. But the fight is a non-move anyways for there to be the rubber match. I can't lie. Like, <laughs> who wants to see Liam yeah. Smith versus Eubank Jr. again? It'll be on pay-per-view again. It's like, nah, it's dry. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, for those, the Conor Ben thing, it will do big numbers. It will. It will. I think it will do huge numbers, which is why I think that's going to be next. They're probably going to push that. Um, which, again, we're not a fan of, but the casuals, as you saw before, will eat that up. Eat that up. So, yeah. Brace yourself, Flores. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a marketable fight, but I yeah. think even the man's serious at this point. Yeah, Conor even Ben the- as well. Remember, we gave him all these, those praises last year and the year before that, but it's been a bit of a fall from grace this year, and he's the way he's been moving. Not not a fan, to be honest, of what he's been doing. Um, you know, again, you should be establishing yourself at 147, but you're there chasing this person, you're chasing Kelbrook as well, you're chasing everyone, but not 147 pounders right now. So yeah, no good. But yeah, flows, I think we should leave it there. <laughs> um, unless you've got anything else to add quickly. Nothing to add, bro. Beautiful. All right, then. Yeah, well, this has been episode 158 of the and Podcast. Once again, guys, I'm your boy, Cam. I'm your boy, Flows. And as always, guys, please make sure you keep supporting, liking up, running up the streams. Peace.